0: all stand together. Aren't you thankful for a place tonight that we can come and bring our burdens and all of our cares. Amen. We just uh, want to go to the Lord in prayer. We have a few requests. <clears throat> we continue to remember Sister uh, Mary uh, in our prayers tonight that the Lord will just touch her. Uh, Brother Ron Spencer, we want to keep him in our prayers. Sister Vicki Tidwell, we want to keep her in our prayers. And uh, A little note from Sister Shirley says, thank you, Lord Jesus, for my healing of my heart and so my uh, doctors were shocked and so happy for me they uh, she couldn't stop smiling so just raised my head and said thank you lord jesus for <laughs> fixing my heart god can fix anything tonight yes. can't he amen we praise the lord for that testimony tonight sister shirley amen satan needs to keep his hands off a child of god tonight don't he amen so if you have something on your heart tonight make it known by that uplifted hand god knows what our needs are in this in the service, and we're just looking forward to what he has for us tonight. Amen. I Brother Jonathan, to God.
1: Amen. God bless you, Sister Shirley. Good to see you tonight. Uh, God's a healer. We don't pray just to be praying. We pray because we believe. If we can ever get that mindset and reach out and touch that faith, That's God's given a portion to us, we can move mountains. If we just believe. And Sister Mary, said that condition that the doctors are saying she's in, Sister Brother Jeffrey's wife is, her spinal cord is crooked and it's paralyzing or it's pinching the nerves and sending all the pain in her lower legs and her hips. So let's keep her in your prayers. Pray for a specific need. That God can just take that vertebrae and line it up and she can run. And we can get a video of her running and see that our God still heals. So bond together as a church tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, each and every day to have a testimony, Lord, of what you've done in our midst, Lord. Lord, you touched Sister Shirley's heart, Lord. Even the doctor has to confess something else moved. It was your sweet hand, your sweet moving of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we believe that for these other needs, Lord, and Sister Vicki and Brother Ron and Lord, Brother Donnie's a daughter and sister, Lord Jesus, Mary over in Africa, Lord, you see their needs. You see the hands that was raised. Lord, we're asking tonight as your bride, Lord, would you move on our behalf, Lord, would you take that little faith that we have and... Place it in your hands and let it grow into your faith and move your Holy Spirit into every situation, Lord, and into every home, Lord. Comfort our hearts, Lord. Challenge us to come closer to you. Heal our bodies. Strengthen us, Lord. Lift us up in this service, Lord. Be in this service with us, Lord, as we invite you, Lord. This is your place, Lord. This is your house, Lord. We come here for nothing else but to have service and communion with you, Lord. We asked you to walk up and down our aisles and walk up and down our hearts, Lord, and touch Brother Mark as he would sing, Lord, as we would encourage ourselves to worship, to sing back with our voices, Lord, and, Lord, and bless our pastor as he would come. Strengthen his body, Lord, refresh him once again, Lord, and let him speak to us and challenge us, encourage us to lift up a higher standard. Lord, we ask you these things in your lovely name, expecting them to come to pass. Your name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Amen.
0: How many are going to worship with us tonight? If you don't feel like it, if you'll just sacrifice and do it anyway, I think the Lord will bless your sacrifice. Just try it and see if it'll work, okay? When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Come Amen. Let's sing this, kids.
2: Well, I am weak, but Thou art strong. Oh.
0: closer to him and closer to him. Amen. Let's sing this. Oh, there's
2: not a friend like the Lord Jesus. Oh, no, not one. No, not one.
0: you're listening as
2: Time is filled with swift transition and
0: That is the same yes, yesterday, right. today, and yes, forever, right. and you can always depend on yes. the Word of God. Right. Amen. Yes. Amen. We'll sing <coughs> one more little song, then we'll change the order of the service here in a little bit. You,
2: Lord. Yeah. Oh, what.
0: Just leave them there. So, Lord, you've got it all in control. I've tried to fight so many battles on my own, and guess what? I lost every one of them. But if I'll have fight on my knees, God will answer, and I don't have to even pick up my weapon. God does all the fighting for me. Amen. We'll let you have your seats tonight, and we'll have our ushers to come and receive the offering. Tomorrow's a very special day because we got one of the world's best bass players celebrating his birthday tomorrow. That's for the camera. Oh, let's give him a big Appreciate him tonight. Appreciate all our musicians. Amen. Their faithfulness to God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Uh, Sister Abby, <laughs> would you like to sing for us tonight? If you would come right ahead. To-
3: This is how I heal this is how if you
0: that line, if you only knew Jesus like I do. You You just want to tell everybody, it's not that you don't have troubles and trials and tests, but God helps you through every one of them. And you look back and you think of one and say, man, I never thought I'd get through that, but here you are on the other side. Amen. God's always with us. Let's stand together tonight. We're looking forward to what the Lord has got in store for us. And let's just sing this chorus:
2: Oh, he
4: gather in the house of God, realizing that we're all God's family tonight, the entire purpose of God was built around the economy of his family, God existing by himself, then extending his family to be tangible, you and I, this evening, everything, the entire life, all that we are today is all about family. This is why Satan hates family so much because we are the very fabric of the economy of God uh, tonight. He tries everything he can to destroy, tear, set division, cause conflicts, brings all kinds of Scenarios to divide families. Praise God! Tonight we have a loving Father who knows all about us, and He's willing to help us and navigate us back together in His great family as children of God tonight. We appreciate the Lord tonight. Let's uh, remember, appreciate the musicians our songs that were sang tonight. Each one our blessing, and we thank God for them. Let's remember uh, our meetings coming up, Winter Revival with Brother Joe Adams. This will be on this Saturday at 6 and then Sunday morning at uh, 11. We're looking for a wonderful time of fellowship around uh, the word of the Lord. And Brother Joe is a fireball. So he's bringing his entire family. Sister Jessica will be singing for us. If you miss that, you miss something a blessing to the bride of Christ, so the whole family will be coming in, and we're looking for a wonderful time of fellowship around the blessings of the Lord with them, we always appreciate Brother Joe's um, uh, spirit and his approach, his his, uh, love for the body of Christ, and we thank God for his life, so if you would join us, and we're just looking for the Lord to show up amongst us. Give us a wonderful time in His presence. You know, it's uh, as a pastor, I try to seek everything that I can—the mind of God for the church—to yeah. encourage you to bring in nice ministries, to encourage the body of Christ. To, it's winter time to have a little revival and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. And um, it's it, it, winter months are long, so we need some fire. So we thank God for that. We're looking forward to it. I want to go back into um, our scripture tonight. I'll be back in the family uh, series. This is part two tonight. If you go back into 2 Timothy 1 I, I do want to say this that my entire goal and purpose of bringing these messages is to help you. It is in no way to hurt you or to insult you or to I would be a hypocrite to do that if, I, if I'm bringing a message that will inflict the body of Christ and I'm not fit to stand before the church of God. But in bringing the truth, sometimes it hurts. It sometimes pinches, us. And that's for all of us. It, it's not to single anyone out. It's for us to be mature Christians and say, Lord, I, I want to be helped. I don't want any gate trouble. I don't want any problems at the gate. I want, I want all things to be right in my life. So I, I want to give you my, foreclos- my foreclosures again on these things of uh, how the, the service closed. And, you know, if something is said at the close of the service or during the sermon, you know, my, my, my disclosure and everything is, is, is not to, to, to hide anything or to, to be of a harm to the body is certainly to help you in every way possibly uh, so um, so you will be better people, better Christians, all of us together as children of God so uh, if something is said or you, you seem to maybe take a little offense to it, just you talk it over to the Lord, don't, right. don't get angry talk right. it over to God and just ask the Lord to help you and I believe that he will because I believe correction begins in the house That's of the right. Lord yes. is that correct? Yes. alright, second Timothy, chapter, or Second Timothy, one, verses one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace, from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers, with pure conscience. That without ceasing I have rem- remembrance of Thee in my prayers, night and day. Glory. Greatly desiring to see Thee, being mindful of Thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Yes. When I call to remembrance the unframed faith that is in Thee, which dwelt first in Thy grandmother Lois yes. and Thy mother Eunice, and I persuaded it that is in Thee also. What a testimony! Yes. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou start the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of hand. What a, what a scripture tonight. Paul writing his last letter here before his martyrdom to uh, Timothy, his son of the gospel. He loved Timothy. Uh, Timothy seemed to be uh, a young man that had a bright future, yet he faced the same temptations of his day you know my wife and i we visited rome and many of those places where paul uh was um w- w- uh, dwelt and many of the churches there and uh, it is not a, it is not a saintly place as the world tried to make it it is quite a place for sex appeal and a lot of uh corruption and perversion in those places so so in the time of uh, young timothy Timothy was not just uh, protected uh, miraculously from all of these things. He, he he dealt with all the temptations that was around him, and God gave him grace to overcome in that age. And I believe God is doing the same thing in this age. He's giving people the same strength to overcome in our age. When you read the Bible days, and you think, "Oh wow, our day is just worse than that." it's the same spirit. It's just different dispensation that we're living in. They had temptations like you have temptations. The old city, the old city of Rome itself is a very central city, and yet we see great things was done in that city. Let's bow our heads tonight. Our Heavenly Father, we deem it a great privilege again to be in the house of the Lord, and we ask that you will come tonight and speak to us, Lord, encourage us. And the good things discourage us in the things that will be of a hindrance to our faith. As I mentioned to the church, Lord, I I want them to to have my disclaimer, my closure, Lord, of of where I stand. It's certainly to be of a help to the body of Christ. I've seen it through the years, oftentimes, when the word's been preached. People can take the word wrongly, Father, but I just ask uh, the spirit of grace will... Be upon each one that they'll receive the word with grace in their heart. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the church says, "Amen, amen and amen." God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Now, I want to. I want to continue on these um, Wednesday evening uh, family series because I believe that uh, somewhere along the way. That we are witnessing a, a decline and slow death in the family life. And even though we have a great message from God. A great, a great word from the Lord. I believe that the word that God has given given us. is given us rapturing faith. And it's also given us instructions to things that pertains to this life. And you and I understand that. Our family is important. It's very important that we understand uh, the balance in family and how to maintain the uh, respect uh, that should be for each other. And many times this can be a challenge. Uh, oftentimes trying to just be family and try to maintain that role of a good steward. As one of God's children can be uh, can be a task at times, especially when you have uh, uh, maybe those who are trying to be contrary, and it's it's difficult. You understand the entire thing of family. is not it's not an easy role. It's not an easy role for you when you were growing up. It's not easy uh, for you when you become an adult and have family and. And uh, you, you immediate family, then extended family, it becomes more complicated. But at the end of the day, the, we understand that this is Satan's greatest uh, uh, ambition and achievement is to destroy family in whole, the entire human family. And I'm not just speaking about Christians; I'm talking about all humanity. That's Satan's ambition is to destroy God's creation that God has made. So we notice now that we are, we're seeing this slow death in family. And it is not just in churches, but it's in our, it's in our secular world. It is in the political world. It's all around us. There's such a, there's such a strain upon families today, whether in America or around the world People are feeling that strain upon their family to be able to maintain that what God has created us to be. A family in love and unity and that will flow together. You see, Satan does not want to see that happen. It is his goal to try to divide that and to cause, uh, cause friction Within uh, uh, the family and also the family of God. We see that the news media reveals the evidence before us. Divorces, sexual revolution, abortion, homosexuality, women's liberation, children's rights, and rebellion, and the list goes on and on. Tonight we're seeing all these things that... Is happening in in, uh, in just the creation of God. Not just the church. I'm speaking at large now. As a result of all of this. We see that these things are beginning to trickle into God's church uh, this evening. We are not excluded from the pressure of our society. We sing at the world. You look at different uh, news uh, forecasts and and, and documentaries and different things and and they have all these things and they're showing what where where the the human race is going, how things have been on 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 a spiral going down, just beginning to decline every day. the world is beginning to testify about this, so as people of God, I believe that It behooves us as children of God to realize that we must fight with everything that is within us for our family. We have to fight for our families. Uh, Good or bad, they are our families. Hallelujah. Like mama used to say, I'm not going to trade my bad for anybody's good. So we fight with everything that's within us for our families. We try the very best we can to lead them in the direction that will be wholesome and pure and of a benefit to uh, the body of Christ. Now we see that our family is under a major assault. We are witnessing and seeing a generation rise with no social and moral values at all. We're beginning to see this uh, raising up in our message churches. We're seeing it among our our youths. We're seeing it among adults. We're seeing this decline of social and moral values. That people are not just uh, uh, trying to hold on to the the, the godly values that God has instructed us. Uh, I believe that Paul uh, instructed the church that we must earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to us. You know I believe the same goes for you and I that we must strive to hold on to good strong social and moral values in our families. It starts in our family, starts in our home, then it comes to our church. Moral values or social values doesn't start here. It starts in our families tonight. Then we come, when we come into the body of Christ, collectively we all come together. But we're seeing this decline. And the evidence of a breakdown in families is revealed through the life of our children tonight. We're seeing how that it is beginning to, the generation values is beginning or is starting to decline. Satan is weakening the standards and the values that we once have. And as people of God tonight, it's left up to us to straighten the hands of our families, our teenagers, the young people in our church, and let them know that God still requires these values in our lives. These things are not preached from the message pulpit anymore because... We see that everybody's just got different agenda. And I, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel a move of God to speak on the family and to bring a restoration in morals and social values within our congregation. I'm seeing it slip. I, I'm seeing a generation. I'm seeing young people now that, that, that just they don't have the respect and the, and the values that they used to have. And we can't just point our fingers to our young people. We must look at ourselves as adults in the mirror. And ask ourselves the question. What is it that we are modeling before the generation that is uh, coming up before us? Families will produce what uh, we teach them tonight. What we teach our family is what they will produce. I believe we need to teach our families how to respect God's directives in this age. You know, you understand that irrelevant, uh, irreverent parents, rather, will produce irreverent children. When you see children, you see teenagers, you see young people in this age that are irreverent, it tells you something. It tells you that something else beside God's standard has been modeled before them. You know that the standard is not where it used to be. The reverence is not there like it used to be. Something has happened. Something has gone wrong. But we can't just point our fingers without looking at ourselves. As what we are modeling before our young generation. You see, we see the spirit of the age infiltrating the churches. Teenage disrespect and rebellion has has taken over the world. All the things that are happening. But then we've seen that same sort of spirit trickling into our churches. It's up to us as parents, as adults, as Christians to raise up the banner higher and teach the generation what God has required in this age. So I, I, want, I want to say it again that irreverent parents will produce irreverent children. We, we're watching a generation of uh, 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 people who are irreverent to authority and the things of God. We see uh, uh, parents and and a generation that is raising up to teach the younger generation that they don't have to sit under authority. They don't need to be under headship and and be respectful and and, and all these things. And, And we're seeing the effect of it in the generation that is coming up. Are you with me tonight? So we need to teach our family. I respect God's directive. You realize that Elijah cursed the Bible says 42 children and a sheep bear destroyed them all. Not because of the children, but because of the irreverent parents uh, that brought up their children in a way to disrespect God. When you when parents are telling their children uh, what comes across the pulpit. It, 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 you, you, you can pick and you can choose. You don't have to listen to what the pastor says or the evangelist said. You see, friends, it's a dangerous thing when truth has been preached and it has been diluted down in the church views. We are to teach our young people to respect authority and what comes from God. To stand beside it, whether it cuts us or makes us look bad we're seeing this sort of attitude that is coming up with the irreverent parents who are raising their generation their children to disrespect God you know used to when a message is preached like I preached last Wednesday night in the last few service we fear to even speak against it we fear to even debate it we fear to even question it we know it was God and we, we humbly respect it. And we said, God, even though I'm guilty, I ask you to help me. Help me to line up with what God is saying in my life. It was never dissected. It was never diluted down. It was never taken offensively. But it was taken in the spirit of love because love is corrective. Especially when it's spoken in, 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 the word is spoken in, in, in love. Timothy said to speak the truth in love. I see many parents defies authority. And you can see it in their children. But I believe that God demands respect for authorities of his church. The same way we teach our children to respect the authority of the land. Is the same way we teach our children to respect the authority of the church. You believe that? If the pastor says something, then obviously he means it. If he, if he gives a, a, a directive in the church, then obviously God has led him to say certain things. It is not to be questioned or uh, to be made light of or to be especially spoken down. Uh, to before our young teenagers it is to be spoken highly with high regards and said, listen the pastor has spoken then we need to obey the word of God look I don't know what generation you came from but I raised up in a generation that when the word came from the pulpit it was thus saith the Lord we didn't talk about it. We didn't make light of it. We didn't dispute it or debate it. If God said it, we believe it. But look how time has drifted in the churches. That people take these things upon themselves to even use the sermon as a smuggard board. Well, I'll take that, but I won't take that. If it's the word of God, I want all of it. The Bible said it will be sweet in your mouth and bitter in your stomach. There's some things that God wants us to digest. And when we digest them, they'll become a reality in our lives. When I spoke up last Wednesday night, I expect to be executed in this church. If you disagree with the word of God, that's between you and God. But I don't want to see a defiance against the word. Look, I'm not being a dictator. I'm telling you the truth. I'm here to help you and instruct you in the ways of God. I wouldn't spend hours before God trying to find the food to feed you. I'm trying to help your young people. You know, this is the greatest problem I found in a ministry uh, 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 in the years I've pastored. Is when, when you begin to speak about the family and, and, and home and, and where people live. And, and this is where I always seem to uh, I get into conflict with people when I begin to drive the word of God down and give instructions of what is wholesome and pure and right and principles. I see a generation that doesn't want it. They get defiant and walk out and, and disrespect what God is saying. And we expect our young people to, uh, to, uh, to not to, to, to do, the, do the same thing that they see what we're doing. But I believe it's important that we, as people of God, stand behind the Word of God. How many remembers those days when we had a special meeting? And we know when the evangelist comes through, whatever he speaks on is thus say the Lord. I still believe that. I still believe God can anoint ministers to come in this church without even spoken to and speak the word of God. Same with the pastor of the church, especially one that doesn't mix and mingle but stay in the presence of God. You ought to receive that as thus say the Lord God is speaking to me. You believe it, but we see many parents. Defies authority and you can see it. You can see this, this same pattern in, in God's church. You know that rebellion and stubbornness is a deadly combination in a family. Right. That's right. It's a, very, it's a deadly combination in a family. Now look at First uh, Samuel chapter 15 and verses 23. The Bible says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. There's two things that God hates. And that is uh, uh, familiar spirits. And uh, he hates idolatry. From, From the Old Testament on down through the church. God spoke severely against familiar spirits. And against idolatry. It was this problem in Israel because Israel went after idols and familiar spirits. And this is where Israel got into problem with God. And it's the same problem tonight. So for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Listen, you're not proving anything to me if you go against my directive. It's only your own self you're making a fool of. It's not me. I'm only a servant of God bringing the word to you. If you want it, you can have it. But I'm not going to spoon feed you what God has given me. I'm going to give it to you if you want it. You can eat it and have it and grow in Christ. But I believe it's time that we sober up as Christians, mature people and say, God, the word is never too hard for me. It's never too hard for me. I want to go to a church where the pastor preached on me every service. Because he's trying to get me to the finish line. You believe it? Leviticus chapter 20 verses 27. A man also or a woman that had a familiar spirit. Or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. And they shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. God, God hates this spirit of rebellion and stubbornness. You see, God, God God, hates it so much that in the Old Testament, He will allow a person that has this sort of spirit to be stoned to death. In our society, the world would say that's cruelty. No, it's not cruelty. God hates it so much because it disrupts the family of God. And I say this evening, it is the Satan thing. I see so much rebelliousness in the house of God and stubbornness. And it's become a crying shame in God's house. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. God wants people who are obedient and submissive to Him. Yeah. I don't care if it cut me, God. Cut me in two if you have to. Right. I'd rather go to heaven with just one hand than to have two. Right. You believe it? Yeah. So families are also... Held together by an example. Not double standards. They're held together by an example. And we notice in James 1 and 22. James says. Be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. God wants us to be examples. Not one life in church and then another life at home. It's sending a mixed message to our young people and and young families in the church. God wants us to maintain a, a steady walk with Him. Whether we're here or wherever we're at, He wants that walk with God to be consistent. He said, be He doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving your own selves. You know, friends, what hurts the church the worst is when people deceive their own selves. Thinking that they're hurting the church or someone. It's our own selves that we hurt. But God wants us to look at these things very seriously tonight and consider who we are. And if we expect to see changes in our family, an example must be set tonight. I believe that fathers set the precedence. The ox of the theme is the father. Reason, reason why we have a generation coming up now that don't even know how to work, don't even know how to uh, 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 because we we need to we need to implement these things in our homes, in our lives. Listen, I'm not preaching anyone tonight. I'm preaching at a whole tonight, the whole church. We're watching people. We're watching young men, young women just falling through the cracks of society. Why do you think we have so many suicidal, teenage suicide and, and, and drugs and, and all kinds of uh, gangs and, and things in the world? It's because that uh, the generation is not seeing a standard model before them. Look at it today, friends. My, what an age we're living. I believe it's still fine for young men to work hard and young ladies to work and to help their parents and to do things. It doesn't hurt them. It helps them in life. I think the soft age has caused us to make everything so easier until we're crippling the generation under us. To a place that they're not even functional in society today it doesn't hurt them to go to work it doesn't hurt them to uh to do something and to be uh active and their minds active we take away every responsibility from the young generation under us and then we end up with a bunch of hoodlums in the church They don't go to school, they don't have jobs, they're idle, and at 13 years of age, they want to get married. What do they know about getting married? If you give them responsibility, they'll be where they need to be in life. There's a season to life, friends. Young people, you have a season that you're in. There's certain age that you have a season where you're supposed to be all things is convecluded, amen as we see it, it's all convocluded and all t- topsy-turvy the whole generation you got no it's, it's messed up friends and it's not just the world it's our churches our young people are suffering because the truth has not been preached and modeled before our generation praise god the young boys, from the time I remember, amen, you are to mow grass and, and you are to do things and earn uh, your keeps. We weren't given video games to go sit in a room and, and to be entertained. We had, we had, we had uh, these, uh, what do you call these calluses? I still got them. Right. Amen. I still got calluses in my hands from, from working when I was a child. Amen. We didn't sit around in rooms uh, just playing video games uh, and sleep until one and two o'clock in the day. We got up and we went to school. And if homeschool is not cutting it, get into a program and put your kids into something that's active. And this is going to be the truth, tell the truth this, this evening. I know I'll make you mad, but it's nothing but the truth. I said it last Wednesday night and I'll say it again. I'm not preaching anything that I've not modeled before you. What a generation we live in. What a generation we live in. And I'm not just saying this church. I'm talking across the board. Praise God. I want to see young men raise up in an age. Fathers are the theme of the family. They're, they're the ox of the family. And what they modeled before their sons will be passed on in generations to come. Fathers set the precedence. I love what Brad Bram said on this message, Life Story. I don't know how far I'm going to get tonight, but I'm just going to preach until I feel like I'm done. Yes. In 1950, he said, we were very, very poor. Daddy had a hard time. He was a very poor man. You know, I thank God for those poor times in my life. That's right. I thank God for those struggles in my yes. life. I wouldn't change them for nothing today. I still sometimes go back in my mind and think of how those hard times has mentor me into being who I am tonight. I'm like David. I ask God, God, don't give me too much or too little, but give me enough that I can look to you and worship you. Friends, we have as Christians a different standard than the world has. They're after their fortune 500. We're after what God wants us to have and be good stewards of it. You believe it? He said, We were very, very poor. Daddy had a hard time. He was a very poor man. You know, friends, uh, I say this times haven't always been easy for us. When my wife and I started pastoring, we didn't have much. Sunday nights, and you might not like this, but I'll still love it. You know what we had? Sardines and rice. Today's beans and rice. Because that's all we can afford. Because God says, go to Athens and do the work of God. And even today, me and Bethany still sometimes, while everybody will hold their nose and run out of the house, we still sometimes like to jump down on it. Poor times are good, friends. You remember those meals? How good they were. Seriously. Remember mommy taking the bones and the chicken wings and drumstick, man, and cutting it up. And man, she spiced it up so good. And it was so cheap to go to the store and buy a whole pack of drumsticks. We can afford to buy the breasts. Never mind white meats. Some folks, they wouldn't eat anything but white meats.
1: We ate everything.
4: We had everything. Brother, it was so good. I still crave some of it. Yeah, there we go. And neck bone. We had everything. It was all good. We enjoyed it. We didn't die. We didn't starve. It didn't kill us. And we got more today. And what we eat is killing us. Come on, church. Who's better off? He said, we were very, very poor. Daddy had a hard time. He was a poor, very poor man. He worked for 75 cents a day in the log wood. I've seen my daddy work so hard till when he would come in, his back would be sunburned until his shirt would be sticking to his back and mother would have to take the clip and uh, take and clip the shirt loose from his back. You know why? Because... Uh, Of hard-working daddies. Young people, can I talk to you just for a moment? you got some hard-working daddies in this church. You ought to thank God for them. Don't listen to the hoodlums in the other churches. Amen. Don't friends with other people who don't have a job. And that's all they are, are professional video players. Follow the instruction of your dad. Hallelujah, because he's the backbone of the home. Yes, he's the ox of the theme to set that example before you. Listen, I I knew Brother Matt before he was married to Sister Christy. I knew him when he was driving illegally without driver's license at 14 years old from Georgia to Tennessee. And he had big blisters in his hand where he was climbing ladder and roofing. He's my son in the gospel. We need men like this. Brother Forrest men like these that work hard, Brother Nature and other men, Brother Great. That's set an example. Don't let anything else be the example to you, church. It doesn't matter what the other, other young guys are doing. You do what you see as model before you. Hallelujah. And mother, sometimes you may think it's a little hard when daddy tried to crack down and and put a little bit of laborious work on those young men. It's not going to kill them. Don't make sissies out of them. Don't pep them and and just pamper them. Let them be rugged men. The world needs rugged men today. Praise God. Now, Now you see what you've done to me. And I'm just talking about, being, we're talking about people that want to work, that wants to do, that wants to go out. People that God has given us instructions of, the, of these things. Here's a biblical, a biblical example, Second Thessalonians 3, 6, and 12. You know the sad thing, Brother Nathan, Brother Pat, that I see with people is they never see the years of how hard you work. Right. Only the years that you're sort of starting to reap the crop. And they think that you're lazy. You're not doing anything. They don't know you done pay your dues. Praise God. They don't know you worked hard. When people weren't looking. You were working. But they see you in your glory days. And they say oh that's what I want to be. You got to work for it. You got to work for it. If you don't sow. You can't reap. You can't. You, you, you know if you, if you don't sow then there's no crop. Look at Second Thessalonians uh, chapter three and verses six. Now we commend your brethren in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that he withdraw not yourself from uh, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which you receive of us. Next verse. For yourself know how we ought to uh, follow us. For we behave uh, not ourselves disorderly among you, amongst you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for, uh, for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Isn't this wonderful, friends? Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves... An example unto you. To follow us. For even when we were with you. This we command you that. If any would not work. Neither should he eat. You ought to tell your teenagers that. You don't work. You don't eat. You don't obey. Then you know what comes with that. Friends you know. We're we, seeing this. Rebellion attitude. We're seeing these these sayings that, you know, children don't even listen to their parents. They don't want to listen to anything anymore because they've taken on the mentality of the world. If you'll give us uh, 1 Timothy 5 and 8 quickly. Praise God. Look at this other example. But if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house. He had denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. Right. You ought to tell your you ought to tell your teenagers that the Bible calls you an infidel. Right. That you don't even you don't even uh, you get them cleared to be a Christian unless you go and work. Right. Don't sit at home, church. Right. Young people don't sit around idly. Right. No wonder you're into all this new age. Movement stuff, it's a bunch of garbage. You've got young people in the church of 13 and 14 years old who wants to go on a date. What are you going to do with a woman at 13 years of age? You can't even buy gas for your car. You're going to go take a... You're using your daddy's credit card or mommy's credit card. Shame on you. And you parents that support such nonsense. It's a crying shame. These young men should be uh, be given instruction. We ought to have classes to teach them how to be doing business. Right. In our days we had laminate stand. Right. You don't see that in this generation anymore. No, right. oh, they want to make demand and we've got to hand them everything. And if we don't, then they curse us. That's right. It's the generation That's right. we live in. Yes. I'm just telling what the Bible says. We are to teach our children. Yes. We're to teach them to be obedient when we tell them something is to be executed it's to be carried out Amen. you know children don't even listen to parents anymore yes, right. I remember one time when Wesley was living at home I told him I said son I bought him a car you know he was in, he was in college I said son I said your hair is getting long you better cut you go, go get a haircut he said okay dad I will first day went by second day went by his hair he didn't cut his hair you know I let it go by for a little while and I said son I said you're responsible to go get a, get a haircut. He said okay well I will that in a few days. I let a few days go by. This, this was on a Thursday, and I said um, I finally came to him and I said, I said son you I hadn't done what I told you to, uh, to get a haircut. He said well you know dad Jesus had long hair. I said yeah Jesus walked everywhere he went to if you don't cut that hair. I'm going to take your keys and you're going to be like Jesus. The next day, him, Cameron, and Kobe went and had a buzz on their head. I have the pictures to to prove it. How many of you remember that? All three musketeers buzzed their heads. They weren't about to walk like Jesus. What happened to this generation? But the boys, listen, look where they're at today. They want to teach the other generation that we are to be examples. You believe it? You see, God does not want us to, to, uh, to wink and uh, uh, to shrink, rather, our, uh, our responsibility. Whether it be for providing for our families naturally or spiritually or for our own self-esteem. God does not want us to uh, shrink those responsibility or shirk those responsibility what i'm trying to say god doesn't want us to shirk those responsibility you believe that you'll be a better man if you're a hard worker you'll better be a better mother if you're a hard worker at home and where in the world did we ever have to pay our kiss to do chores What kind of new age nonsense is this? You're buying food, you're giving them uh, clothes on their backs, and then they're wanting some kind of a chore allowance. We didn't have chore allowance. The only allowance we had is to come to the table and eat a meal. And thank God we had some clothes on our backs. But you see, this generation is spoiled. They got to have this and they got to have that. and It's the new age where well, we're teaching them responsibility. You know, you need to tell them if you don't work, you don't eat. I know, I know. I know I came out of Noah's Ark. But I got, I got to tell you the truth. I got to tell you the truth. I got some good stuff coming, trust me. I just got to get this stuff out of the way. Amen. I'm still building the scaffold work right now. Thinking on the way, Brad Rimes says, speaking about the fathers and such as he said, and that's got sickness in your home. And you just got a wayward boy. Have you talked to him? Have you talked to him? A girl that doesn't obey God. Have you talked to them? Put your arms around them. Have you just neglected it expecting the Sunday school teacher to do it? God give the children to you. It's your duty to talk to them. Praise God. Don't shirk your responsibility. And then when a pastor preaches on it, everybody gets mad. Take the responsibility. Put your arms around them and say, son, you are not meeting the marks i got to tell you, you got a lazy spirit on you. You need prayer. Right. Come on, let me and you talk about this. Put your arms around them in love and say, listen, I don't condone where, what you're doing and what you've been engaged and involved in, but I want to tell you, I'm praying for you. Right. Yeah. Love the way Brother Bram said that. He says, uh, "He said you've got sickness in your home, and that's got uh, a wayward bore. Have you talked to him? A girl that doesn't obey God, have you talked to them, put your arms around them? Have you, uh, uh, have you just neglected it? Have you sat down with them? Are you scared to talk to your family? Are you scared they'll get mad and upset and pitch a fit and get angry? You know what happens? Demons come into you when you do that. These young people go around pitching tantrums and fits and and carrying on being rebellious. Demon powers enter into their bodies. What you need is demons cast out of you. Say, God, deliver me from the spirit. Fathers are liable in a special role to discipline their sons. To talk to them, to speak with them in a way that is becoming. It's not easy. Listen, I have children. You're going to hear some other things. I told you how they came out and where they're at, and it all sounds really nice. But I'm going to tell you some inside stories in a little bit. Amen. It wasn't always easy for us. Amen. We're not telling you something we didn't practice. Us. We had our share of problems. Amen. But we had to be parents that disciplined and stood on the truth when the church was against us. When people got up and left because we disciplined our families. I love what Brad Bram said in this message, 1959. He said, you remember, Dad, Junior is going to grow up to be a man someday. And he will marry and have a family. God, help that wife that lives with a boy that's been brought up like that to have his way about everything he wants. Can't design right and wrong. That's not love. That's pure ignorance. Yes. Yes. You don't tell them the truth. You're hurting them. Yes. You're hurting your in-laws, your grandchildren. Yes. you set the precedent that will disrupt your families. Yes. I'm telling you the truth, friends. Listen, when she call you up today, you can call him. I'll give you his number. He'll tell you, Daddy wasn't always easy. But I love Daddy. The other day, we were watching the service here. He might be watching tonight. Who knows? He was telling his little son, Caleb, five years old. He said, Caleb, you see that altar right there? Daddy spent many a times at that altar crying out to God. Under hard preaching by your Paul. Amen. It stays with them, friends. It never leaves them. Don't quit crying. Cry like you never cried before. Amen. Amen. You're doing a disservice to your family. He said he will marry and have a family and God help that wife that, that lives with that boy that's been brought up with like that and have his way about everything he wants, and girls. Just whatever they want to pitch a fit and we run. It didn't happen in my house, I can tell you that. I never let them young ones get on the floor and pitch a fit and take their legs and scream and holler and go to the room and slam the door. That was punishment. I'm sorry. Sister Deanna lost so many friends in this church over disciplining those children. We lost so many families in this church because we stood for what is right. But friends, I can preach today and thank God for His grace today. Our family wasn't perfect. But thank God we had the grace to follow through that their lives can be saved today. Praise God. My wife was met in a vestibule by a, a certain sister, told her straight to her face. She was mean. She was mean because she was not let our daughter have her phone back and have her car keys back and uh, do what they want to when they were when they were grounded. Well, we grounded ours for a week. This is ridiculous. This is going on. This is going on a month or two months. This is ridiculous. Friends, I'll tell you, you measure, you count the cost where they're at today and where mine is. Right. Amen. Amen. I stood for what is right and God blessed it. When we were persecuted, when Sister Deanna was persecuted and told off in our church, my church too. Amen. Oh, we pray for their lives. We pray for their lives today. Jeopardy, horrible friends. It's a terrible thing to have a rebellious spirit. And defiance against godly teaching. I can tell you stories, gross story, but I don't want to corrupt your mind. Of young ladies that used to sit right in these church pews at their outcomes right now. I'm not proud of it, and I'm praying God turn their life around because still not late, but their lives are in jeopardy today. God, have mercy. Y'all getting quiet? But I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Bethany and Cameron were courting. Hallelujah. They were not allowed to go off on their own and do things on their own. And to defy the preacher or defy anything that was happening. This is why they can be pure on their, married, uh, on their wedding day. Like Sister Deanna told. Amen. Every parent and the young ladies. That you have a sacred virtue to protect. Yeah. You let down that virtue, and a boy gets you pregnant, he can skip town, go somewhere else, but you're left with the shame. Yeah. You have to fight for your family's friends, yeah. fight for your daughters. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. We talked about courting the other day. Amen. The the first time Cameron and Bethany ever had a dinner date or whatever the world wants to call it, courtship. It was their engagement and all of us was there. Exactly. And never on their own ever that. Not because that I stopped them from having it. They did not want to put themselves in a position that would jeopardize their testimony before God. I've cooked them many times. I'll send you the Fleming's. I'll send you your, Go if you want. You guys are not getting. get... No, it's fine. We'll just come to the house. Mama's house was the courting grounds and the best fine restaurant that was in town for her children. Yeah. And you know what? Every Tuesday still is for all of them. <laughs> That's how we bribe them to come home. Amen. So we can play with the grandkids. <laughs> and man, did we have a taco feast yesterday, Beth. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I'm just talking. I'm talking real to you. I'm talking family to you. I'm not talking that we were perfect. I'm telling you that you got to implement these things. You got to fight. You got to go after it. It's not going to come to you. You can't be lazy. You got to run after it. You got to fight for it. You got to be obedient. You have got to be submissive. You got to be willing. You got to say, Lord, I want it, Father. I don't care how humiliated it makes me feel. I want it for my family. You believe it? God help us is my prayer. Let me just touch a little bit on mothers and I will have to stop because I'm going all kinds of directions this uh, evening. You see, mothers have a great role to play in the family as well. Besides being the bedrock parent at home, she can also help out in areas that will assist the family. There's such a mix-up in our society, in the message churches today. Young ladies don't know their roles they are thought at camps that, you know, it's okay. Uh, pursue a career. Don't, don't, don't get married young. Wait until you're older and you finish your career. And then you can get married. That's the way the world teaches. That's the way the world teaches. The way the Word of God instructs us is uh, that uh, we live a godly life and pray for our spouse. And get married at a young age. And raise children at a young age. And serve God. We are not like the world. You believe it? Our sisters are not to be in the world. All right, I know, I know. I feel the tomatoes coming. Rotten tomatoes are shooting at me right now. Because this sounds so antique to many of you. I can tell it's written all over your faces. Amen. Listen, someone asked Brad Bram. Said, Brad Bram. Are women allowed to work in public affairs when they have a healthy husband and children? I'm asking this question for someone else. Well, I don't know about this. I can't say, but I just have this feeling that let me say this. I believe if, if I was a woman and I know that my husband was healthy and had a good job uh, working, I believe it would be a great pleasure for me to stay at home, yeah. take care of my children, and make uh, make. Make and and take care of my children and raise them up, and to love the Lord. And if I if I had any time for my washing and things and what I was doing, and I think I would teach my children how to serve the Lord. Now, if you got a debt or something that you're trying to help your husband, I pay for something you have to. Well, I think that'll be fine. If you want to try to help, and and you you live and you live a, a lady. I think it's hard a man that's got good understanding wants his wife to get in in a bunch where there's a bunch of vulgar dirty men and things like that. If the woman had to get in that I think her husband ought to know that she's a genuine Christian and can be trusted a trustworthy woman but. As I said, uh, she shouldn't work. I know. See, it's it's no scripture to back it up, but I'm just passing the opinion. I think if a woman want to work and she wa- wants to work to, wants to work, now I'm certainly against women working in these offices where all these businessmen they carry on, tell dirty joke, and uh, a nice clean woman sitting there, all these smutty, dirty things. Told around like that, and I'm against that. I think you ought to come up for among such stuff as that. But now, if a woman can hold herself as a real lady trying to help her husband do something, me for some clothes or kids to school and pay a bill or something like that, she wants to, uh, till that's over. Now, this is not the Lord because I don't have any scripture on this. I'm just saying that that I'll be, it's my opinion, but otherwise, I, I, I wouldn't think it just. Because uh, she wants to work just to run around and have uh, more money to spend. Run around, run to a bar and a drink or smoke or carry. I don't think she should do that. I think she should stay home and try to be a lady and take care of her house. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you heard that preach at a camp or somewhere? Yeah. Sisters are to be ladies at home and take care. Now understand, their isolated situation, friends. My wife helped me work. Amen, when this church couldn't take care of everything and we couldn't pay the bills in this church and take care and make herself a living. My wife helped me. You know what she did? She helped me clean some houses. There are things that you can do to assist rather than going into a public world uh, office and a place like that right. to put yourself and your life in jeopardy. But according to Brother Branham, he said, I prefer that she will be... A mother at home with the children and raise the children right and take care of the children. That don't mean that you get your big van and you're a soccer mom and you're going everywhere and running the roads all over the place. And not at home taking care of the children. It means that you raise them in the admonition of God, teaching them the ways of God. You understand, friends? I'm just telling you things that this, this kind of stuff is old-fashioned. This is in the antique archive file right here I'm preaching about in message churches anymore. Because today's generation, I know Kent right now it teaches the young ladies they're not to get married until they're in their mid-20s, you know. Man, God made your body to start having children as long as you can. You start getting babies when you get mid twenty five and 30s, man, it's getting serious then. You know what I'm talking about. God made a woman to have children at a certain age. And then that season is over. The world thinks that way. That's not the way we think. It's important you understand that. You understand why your wife is to be at home and to take care of your family. Take care of your children. Take care of them. Make the place a place where you can come in and, and be washed from all the filth and defilement of the day. Man, you know we have problems out in the world. We have to fight all the naked women, the vulgarity and the profanity and the, all the lewdness and everything that's out there in the world. When we come home, our wife is to greet us at the door with uh, our arms around us where she had been prayed up. The house is clean, the family's in order, and her presence just washes all that filth off of us. I love it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Wives, wash your husbands. Wash your husbands, hallelujah. Wash them when they come in the door. Amen. Don't accuse them. Don't murmur against. Don't nag. Don't make requests. Just wash them. Hallelujah. Wash them from the filth, defilement of the world. You have a responsibility, amen, to do that this evening. You realize that? God bless you. We're going to stop right here. Is this all right with you? Amen. Give the Lord a nice clap offering. Let him ask to come. Let us stand to our feet and just give the Lord praise for a moment. Yeah. Amen. Do you like this preaching? Is this all right? Yeah. Can I just continue on? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. That's what, it's, that's what it's about. Good godly teaching is what makes us. Amen. Grow in Christ. Not just saying, I believe a prophet. Some people think this. I believe Brother Branham. Brother Branham said, Brother Branham said, Brother Branham said, Brother Branham said. Brother Branham said. That will not make you holy. Amen. The devil laughs right in your face. Amen. quoting Brother Branham said. Amen. You got to let the Holy Spirit wash you. Amen. Sisters, you have a wonderful, wonderful responsibility. Amen. I got a godly responsibility. Amen. To Keep your husband close to you, amen, by your prayer lives, yes, amen, praying amen. for him, yes, amen, praying God to help him in a world yes. that he has to go and battle through the filth and the yes. and the corruption that is out there, all the, the inconceivable uh, perversion that you yes. can even, Im- in, in unimaginable, friends, it's out there, and as men, we have to fight through those things, We need our sisters, hallelujah, to wash us up. Amen. Hallelujah. Make me clean today. Hallelujah. Wash me. I love it when I come in the house. Praise the Lord. My sweetheart is in the kitchen barefooted just making me, amen. Tonight, man, she stewed me up some nice chicken and pepper. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. We had a gastronomical jubilee, just the two of us in a big old pond. Amen. Before I said, we can't eat all this food. Amen. But praise God, we have children that come by. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you tonight. We appreciate you. You love the Lord. Come Sunday, I want all the young people in the front, boys over here, girls over here. Is that understood? All the boys on the right side, all the girls on the left side, pulling on the word. How many of you can testify from sitting in the front, you've got more out of the service? you are sitting on the back. Is that right, Brad Joel? Amen. It's the truth. Because you're tempted in the back to be diverted from everything. That's the standard in this church now. Young ladies on the left side, you're right. Amen. It's gonna make it perfect. My left for the boys. You're right. May the Lord help us, is my prayers. You appreciate Jesus. Let's be in prayer for the service that the Lord just speak to us. And, I, and friends, uh, I'm not being, I'm trying to be funny or just waste your time. I know you came here tonight not to just hear me, but I just want to share life with you. Life is precious. Life is wonderful. I thank God. Some things I said here tonight, some of you brothers I call your name. I wasn't trying to embarrass you. You know I love you. Amen. We, we are the background. We, we're the backbone of this church. After us, who, who's going to model this? It's scary. It's scary. After us, who's going to come up and take the baton? Think about it, amen. We're almost the, the, the last standing icons that's left in the message. We have to. We have to be a voice. We have to be a voice and see that this great holy way of the Lord is not disrupted by just life itself. The Lord bless you real good. I tell you, friends, I had some good stuff tonight. I. I I don't know what all I said tonight. I'll have to go back and probably listen to the tape. But I, I don't know. The Lord knows. Whatever I have to say tonight, Just it was said. So I'm just not going to apologize for that. Amen. We'll get in some better stuff as we go. But if the Lord spoke to you tonight, you just go to your homes with your family. And say, family, we thank God for the word. And thank God for what God had to say to us. Let's accept it with a loving heart, a willing heart, and let God move in our lives. The Lord bless you. Let's sing a little song before we go. I'm trying to
2: not keep you too late. The kids have school in the morning. Well, I'm not giving up. No, I'm I'm not not turning turning around. around. by the grace grace of God, I'm I'm going to wear a shining crown. Someday, oh, and I'll keep holding on, holding on to that Nils Garden.
4: raising his hands and said it'll be about, the nurse Renee was right, it'll be about six weeks before I can raise it, amen hallelujah, but praise God I can raise amen. it to Jesus you give him praise because somebody has been praying, amen somebody's been praying for me God bless you, we love you, appreciate each and every one of you, you know this I'm not your enemy I'm your brother and I love you with the love of God love all you young people you remember that, every one of you I love you all. And you're going to hear Brother Joseph's voice one day telling you the truth. You got an old-fashioned Holy Ghost pastor for a leader. And that's what the message needs, is old-fashioned Holy Ghost preachers. Hallelujah. They'll live right and spit white. You know what I mean? They don't chew tobacco. (laughs) Amen. They're clean. Bow your heads with me lord jesus we thank you for this lovely group of people you've given me to pastor lord i could preach with them tonight and cut up a little bit to drive the points home i pray god you'll bless them bless the service coming up we're just looking so forward to having brother joe adams with us such a lovely brother sister jessica lord can't wait to hear her sing oh what a jubilee it's going to be we look for a grand time in a fellowship bless each family go with them bring us back to the appointed time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the church says amen and amen god bless you we love you you're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus have a good day tomorrow and may your children rest well may you rest well before you resume work in the morning it's
2: my prayer shalom you have been walking in the same old road for miles and-